0: I grew up, and my, my, my dad always gave me a, a truck to drive. I even had a motorcycle uh, to ride growing up in North Dakota. And I remember uh, when I finally got some money, I purchased my very first car. And it wasn't a truck because, you know, trucks are pretty expensive. And so my very first car before I went to Bible college was a, what, 1992 Chevy Corsica. Chevy Corsica. It had pain-links. Peeling. Thanks, Pastor Lindsay. You get your chance, you know. And uh, peeling paint on the side of the car. Uh, at one point, the driver's side uh, door handle broke in college, so I had to get in on the passenger side. Anytime someone rides with me, I'm like, whoa excuse me, you know. And I'm going to get it and shuffle over. And, 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 uh, and somebody gave me a bumper sticker. And I kind of cried when I got it because they had a nice car. They had like a Cadillac. And they gave me a bumper sticker. And the bumper sticker, they, they wanted me to put this on the back of my car. And the bumper sticker said, don't let my car fool you. My treasure's in heaven. How many have seen that before, right? Don't let my car fool you. My treasure's in heaven. So to title my message today, is, don't let my money fool you. My treasure's in heaven. Don't let my money fool you. My treasure's in heaven. So so you already know the title, but today I want to talk about tithes and offerings. (laughs) Tithes and offerings. Now, I really, those that are clapping, I'm going to hug you later on, all right, because thank you. I mean, because tithes and offerings, this can be a, a sensitive subject, but we're going to dive right in, because how many know we do hard things at Avenue Church? We do hard things at Avenue Church. But also, full disclosure, although Pastor Lindsay and I are the lead pastors of this church, we tithe, and we give, and, and we always practice what we preach. Man, we are, we are smoking what we're selling, everybody. Okay, and so hey, here's what, tithe. some of you get that later, all right? Here's what a tithe is. Tithe means a tent. A tithe means a tent. So anytime you hear tithe, some of you are just like, what kind of church are we in? We are in a Christian church, okay? A tithe means tenth, and an offering is anything beyond it. It's anything beyond it. Uh, here's what uh, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 23. This is where we get are tied from can you give me just a little bit more monitor please right. and here's where we get it from in the in the old testament some some rules came out and some laws came out and so this is the lord speaking and the lord says okay listen as you harvest your crops bring the best the bring bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the lord your god so this is where we see it bring bring the very best of the first harvest now hear me out Harvest is how they receive their income. Harvest is how they receive their money. And so with with harvesting, I want you to see this, though. God said, give the best of the first. Give the best of the first. And then he said, bring it to the house of God. He said, bring it to the house of God. So what does that mean for us today? That means, I'm going to go right off the bat in this sermon today. That means we bring the tithe to church. We bring the tithe to the place you call worship. We don't bring our tithe to someone online over there or a televangelist, or, or, or we don't bring our tithe anywhere that's not what we call a store house. But here's kind of the stigma with tithes and offerings. We just say, well, the house of the Lord just wants my money. That's all they want at Avenue Church. the disclaimer, we don't pass the bucket here at Avenue. No special offering at the end of this message today. Everyone went, whoa, thank you, Jesus. We have giving boxes in the back, in the hallway, because we want your tithes and your offerings to be your worship. We want it to be your worship. And here's the reason why there's some crazy people in this house clapping about losing their money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they realize that tithing isn't for God's benefit, it's for our benefit. That's why we get excited when we tithe and give to the local church, to the place that we call home. And we get all this in in Malachi chapter 3. Of course, you got to start with Malachi chapter 3. If you ever grew up in church, you always hear this part. You'll say, well, man robbed God. And what's interesting is the prophet Malachi is actually talking about Jacob in Genesis. And he says this, well, man rob God, yet you're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes, and your contributions, in your tithe, and in your offerings. You are cursed with a curse, and you're robbing me, the whole nation of you. And sometimes this is kind of where we stop, right? Like, tithe! And you're like, okay, whatever. But then it says this in the very next verse, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Now, I, there's a benefit when you tie it to the storehouse so that may be food in the house for what? Just the priests? No, for the entire congregation. There's a benefit that comes to everybody. And thereby, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. This is the only place in the Bible where we could test God. Yeah. We could test God in our tithes, and our offerings. See that I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. God said, I'm going to take care of you. Test me this. God's literally saying to Malachi, tell them, test me in this and see that I will not hook it up. I will bless them. I'll give them so much that they cannot attain it. Now, this is the Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. Second Corinthians says, remember this. A farmer who only plants a few will get a few, Uh, uh, but the one who plants a lot will get a lot. You must decide in your heart how much to give. This is our mantra here at Avenue Church. Don't you dare let me twist your arm and make you give something. Don't you dare go, oh, I have to, but I want you to decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. I've been in church services where the pastor came back out and gave a second offering because it wasn't enough. And I went, oh, dear God. <laughs> and then you know what I did? I did the whole, like, empty hand, like, pray the Lord, you know. Like, I put something in there. <laughs> you laugh because you did it. <laughs> For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Who gives cheerfully. Someone who says, I want to give my worship. I want to give my gift. And then it says this in verse 8, and the continuing, and God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Pastor Lindsay and I have been in ministry a long time, have not gotten paid a lot, but we have always had more than we needed. We've always got to share with others. Friends, God does, our God is not a paycheck to paycheck God. God is not, a, I'll give you just enough until your next pick. That's not our God. God says, test me in this. See that I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. See that if you give generously, I'll give generously. And so here in Luke chapter 16, one of the reasons why this could be such a touchy subject, there's over 2,300 uh, uh, verses in the Bible that have to do with money. Jesus talked more about money than he did about heaven and hell combined. And this is Jesus himself. Jesus says, friends, you cannot serve two masters. You're going to hate one. You're going to love the other. And you'll be devoted to one, and you'll despise the other. And then he throws this in there. He's not even talking about money. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he says, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. God says money isn't evil, but it's the root of all evil. So money is a great thing. It could be a tool or it could be a treasure. But then he says it cannot be a master. So the way I see it is, money has two options. Money could either be submitted to God, so it could be blessed, or money could be used to replace God. We could say, "I don't take your gospel, take your church, but I'm going to make me some money, and I'm going to find happiness through my money." Because money, there's a, a a pastor who recently passed. He was in our lives, and uh, he died of cancer. And I, I met him in in, in, his, in his home, and prayed with him, and, and we got really got to know this guy. Well, before he was in ministry, he was actually a millionaire. He had one of those video phones back in the early 90s and had millions and millions of dollars, and then gave it all up and went into the ministry. And how I many know God doesn't want pastors and preachers and Christians to be poor. He wants them to be blessed but also generous. And so he, he, he once was a millionaire, and now he had nothing, and he died. Uh, he, he died and didn't have much in his name. And he told me one day, he said, um, you know, I, 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 when I was a millionaire, I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy until I found Jesus. And because Jesus fulfilled everything in my heart, I gave it all away. But then he also said, money wasn't evil, but it certainly helped make life a little bit easier. And I always put that in my heart saying, God doesn't want us to suffer and be poverty, you know, have a poverty mentality. God wants us blessed, but God doesn't want us to worship Money. To worship money. Because Matthew chapter 6, we hit this last week. Don't store yourselves treasures on earth. Store them in heaven. But then he says, because wherever your treasure is, there the, there the desires of your heart will be. So what Jesus is really saying is, I don't want your money. I want your heart. Because Jesus knew the one who created us, the one who formed us, the one who knows us. He said, because heart follows money. Our, our, I mean... There, I could tell so many different stories, but tithing keeps my heart in check. Tithing helps my heart. Tithing goes, money, I, I, I like you. You're nice. You're great to have. But I'm going to give 10% to the Lord first because it keeps my heart in check. It keeps my heart in check. Mark chapter 10. We learned this last week. The rich ruler came and the rich ruler said, what can I do to to inherit the kingdom of heaven. What can I do to go to heaven? And Jesus said, man, follow the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Honor your mom and father. He goes, I've done all those things. And then then Jesus says, give all your possessions. Sell it all. And he was sad because he left. He was sad because he had many possessions because he was rich. Well, here's the continuation. Jesus looked around, and he said to the disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And this amazed the disciples. The ones that are like left their jobs, you know. The ones that are like, All right, I, I, we, 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 left everything, and but they were amazed. And Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God." The disciples were astounded. They were amazed. Then, then, who in the world can be saved. And Jesus looks around and intently, and he said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. And so what's funny is he's talking about giving up all your possessions so it's easier to get into heaven. But if you're married to your possessions, if you're serving your possessions, if money is your master, it is hard to get into the kingdom of heaven, but all things are possible through Christ. So see the context of this, uh, this, this bumper sticker verse right here? God is saying, all things are possible through Christ Jesus, so give him your money. Like, what's the, and then Peter says this, I love Peter. And Peter, Jesus, I love Peter. Peter like, makes no sense. Uh, Jesus, and this is what Peter said, we've given up everything to follow you. <laughs> My man, I love that, huh? Like, that sucks for him. Jesus. I gave everything up. I serve more than once a month at Avenue Church. I gave 10% at Avenue Church. You know what I mean? And so then Jesus goes, Yes. And I assure you that everyone who's given up house, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children's property for my sake and for the good news, he says, will receive in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property. Right? And this is a whole sermon in itself. He's talking about mothers, brothers, and sisters. But then he says this, along with persecution. Hallelujah. I have received miracles that have come with persecution. I have received miracles that we've been praying for and it's come with pain. And it's come with persecution in my life. But what is Jesus doing here? Jesus is not saying, give me all your money and and hear me out. If this is your first time at Avenue Church or first time in church, I don't want you to be like, oh, no, this is a cult. Like I have to give him my house and my brother. Well, maybe I'll give him my brother, you know, like maybe I'll give him everybody. But here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is saying, guys, it's not about that 10%. It's about 100%. I don't want 10% of your heart. I want 100% of your heart. Because we'll say, Jesus, I'll give you everything. God, I'll give you my time. Father, I'll give you my mind. Father, I'll give you, man, I'll, I'll read your word. I'll pray. I'll serve an avenue. And then God's like, give me your money. And you're like, wait a minute. Stay in your lane, Lord. Like, and here's what's so interesting. Mark chapter 12. Jesus is in church. And Jesus is, where is he? Sat down near the collection box. Thanks a lot, Jesus. Can't imagine we put a Jesus next to the collection box. And this is what it says. Uh, in the temple, washed as the cross dropped their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. But then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. So many rich people put in lots of money in the bank, in the collection box. But one person came and gave two small coins. Jesus called his disciples and said, "Guys, listen, come here. I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny, tiny part of their surplus, but she, as poor as she is, she's given everything, and she had to live on. Like he's a st- like guys. Listen, that's all, That's awesome, and that's amazing. But look what she gave. She gave everything. And I'm amazed by her faith. See, I want you to tithe." the amount that God wants you to give, but I believe with all my heart, 10% is just the minimum. For me, this is me personally, I'm talking out of my personal uh, beliefs, my personal conviction, that when I get, for me, like 10% is required because it keeps my heart in check, but anything above 10% is my worship. And saying, Lord, I give this to you. I give this to you. It is my worship. And what's interesting is, okay, I'll keep going, but what's interesting is sometimes we'll, we'll say, and I've, I've heard this, and I'm, gonna, I'm a pastor, so I'm going to just go right to it. Can we tithe our time? Can we tithe our time? Where people say, I don't give financially, uh, or maybe you can't, and that's completely understandable, but I tithe my time. I come, I come to Avenue to serve, or I go to another nonprofit, and I serve. Or, or even, and I love this, uh, every Sunday, I just want you to know, all of you guys, I, I'm so sorry, I have, like, the lights are hitting me, I got an eyelash, like, right there, you know, and, and my ADD kicks in every now and then, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get it. If that's awkward online, you try sitting in the room, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> goodness sakes. And so, but anyways, um, Matt, I want you to know, uh, a lot of times you look at the calendar and it'll show... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then Sunday. But how many know Sunday is actually the first day of the week? And so you are tithing the first day to Jesus by being in the house of God in a building. You're actually tithing your week. So we're all tithing. We're all tithing right now. We did it. We tithe. We're tithing our week this week. This is one of the reasons why we do 21 days of a prayer and fasting in January because we feel like we're tithing. We're, we're, giving, we're giving to God first before we enjoy the rest of our year. We're saying God bless this year. Bless 2024. But here's my encouragement. 10% of our money is a tithe, but 10% of our time is our worship. Come on. Come on. It's our worship. It's our worship. It's our worship. But here it is. Money is touchy because money is the new currency of trust. Money is the new currency of our trust. And sometimes, and, and I, 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 have a, I have a child, I have children, and it's funny how uh, they will find any which way to get out of something. They'll find any which way to, well, did you really say, you know, and, and no, okay, I'm sorry I didn't say all ten things, but no, don't do that. And so many times in our sinful nature, we'll say, you know what, I'm not going to do this, but you know, Lord, I tied my time. Or you know, Lord, I I did this or that. But really, it's money is touchy because it's the currency, is trust. We all love the Bible. The Bible in Proverbs chapter uh, 3 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom, but instead fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now, this is Proverbs chapter 5, but let's back up. A verse, and This is what it continues on to say: five, six, seven, eight, nine. Then it says, "So trust the Lord." Then it says, "Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything." So Solomon, the one who went before the Lord, and the Lord says, "What do you want? You're going to be king. What do, you, what do you want?" And Solomon said, "I just need wisdom from heaven so I can lead your people. I need wisdom from heaven." And the Lord said, "Because you ask for wisdom and not riches and not fame." I'm going to give you wisdom from heaven. And he became the wisest man that ever lived. But then God said, not only am I going to give you wisdom, I'm going to make you the richest man that ever lived. I'm going to make you the most blessed man that has ever lived. And then he will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. See, when I tithe and when I give, I'm showing God that I trust him. I'm showing him that I trust God him. Jesus says, this is why I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Is life more than food and your body more than clothing? If God, and I love this, if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and they're thrown into the fire, he'll certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith or why do you have such little trust? I saw a meme the other day. Where Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They don't have a care in the world. And in the meme, the bird was like, I hope I don't die. I hope I don't die. I hope I don't die. (laughs) Sorry. So don't worry about these things. Saying what will we eat? What will we drink? or Or what will we wear? Because these thoughts dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else. This is what's interesting. God, anytime he talks about the kingdom, he talks about money. He's like, you want to to know what the kingdom of heaven is like? Money. (laughs) Why? Because money cannot dominate the thoughts of our mind. Because our, our God already knows everything that we need. So seek the kingdom of heaven above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Everything we need. So tithing doesn't benefit God, it benefits us. Man, the Old Testament says give 10%. The New Testament says gives 100%. Also, the last question is, tithing, tithing reveals my trust for the Lord. But I also want you to know, tithing or trust works both ways. Trust works both ways. Luke 16, Jesus says, so here's the lesson, guys. This is the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and to make friends. This is where money becomes a tool and a resource. You know how incredible it is for a church to go out and just bless the community? No strings attached. You know how incredible it is for a church to have its doors open and to say everything that, that's here is free. It's free for you. Why? Because we want to be a blessing. Man, we want to make friends with those that don't know Jesus. Man, we, anytime Jesus Jesus corrected, Jesus connected before he corrected. He made friends. He says, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. Let's go to your house. I want to know you. I want to I want to have time with you. I want to bless you financially. But then it says, but then when your possessions are gone, they'll welcome you to, to the eternal home. If you're faithful in little things, then you'll be faithful in bigger things. But if you're dishonest in the little things, then you will not be honest with greater responsibilities. And if, and this Jesus, and if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, then who will trust you with true riches in heaven? I found this interesting. We talk about trusting God with our money. And we say, Lord, here's my money and here's my time." But Really, we talk about trusting God with our money, but he also wants to trust us. Can he trust us with a little because he really wants to give us more? He really wants to give us more. Our God is not a God in heaven that says, if you come to me, you're going to be broke. And you're going to be useless and you're going to live paycheck. That's not the God that we serve. In Deuteronomy chapter ten, it says, "Look, the highest heavens and in the earth and everything in it belongs to the Lord. Yet the Lord chose your ancestors as objects of His love. He chose you, their descendants, their descendants, above all nations, and it is evident today. Therefore, change your hearts and stop being so stubborn." Uh, really quick, um, does anyone here? I want to use an illustration, and I didn't bring anything. But does anyone here have a hundred dollars? Can I borrow a hundred dollars real quick, or can I have actually? Can I have a hundred? Yeah, can I have a hundred dollars? Thank you. All right. For real? Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Marlon. And uh, so here's uh, here's a hundred dollars. And uh, and so um, and it's all. I love this. It's all. It's all my man. Old twenties. Come on, somebody. Man, you're just flying into church, huh? And, uh, and so here, here is what I want to see as an illustration today. This is, this is $100, and I love that it's all 20s. And so this is $100. If all 10s would have been nice, but whatever. And so here's $100, and if I have $100, and I say 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, this is, this is $100, hundred I'm going to tithe off my 100 so let me say, uh, what's 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 10 percent? A tithe is 10 percent of 100 dollars. Move the decibel decibel point, right? We we learn that decimal 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 point. Uh, move it over to the what? From 100, we're gonna move it to the left, so it's just 10 dollars. Come on, that ain't common core. That's easy core. You know what I mean? Like that's normal math. Thank you, Lord. And so uh, that'll be ten dollars. But uh, I want to give. I want to give twenty percent. I want to give uh, ten dollars plus ten dollars more because I got you. You know what I mean? Like it's just hundred dollars. You know. And so maybe I'll give. Maybe I'll give. Uh, uh, this is my. This is my Lord. This is my first fruits. So I get paid and I take this Lord. It's my first fruits. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put this right here, and I'm not going to give it to the church yet. But that's my first roots. But then I gotta pay my bills, and then I gotta pay rent, and then I owe somebody some money, so I gotta give them the money back, you know, or maybe I'm gonna buy some dinner, and now I'm all out of money, and so uh uh it's not Sunday yet, you know, like, like I'll carry over, you know what I'm saying? And and you know what? God understands. I served last week, you know what I mean? Like God understands, and here's the issue. I want to ask you, out of all this, which one came first? Which one came first? This is my first, this is my tithe, this is my first. God, I'm gonna give this to you first. Because really the the illustration is first is what we give first. Right? So first is what we what we give first. Now, if you're sitting in this room and you're going, sure, Pastor, you just want us to hear me, I do recurring giving every month, man. Like, like I like I forget. And it gets busy. But one of the reasons why I like the principle of first, because it postures my heart first. It postures my heart first. I'm going to be real with you. I I, I do this. I I pastor full-time. But I also have a side company. I do photography and graphics and websites and all those different things. And uh, when I get paid... And, and they pay me through, what, you know, through digitally, PayPal, whatever, or they send a check. I go right into the church app, and I, boom, I tithe right off of that right away. I don't say the physical dollar needs to go into Avenue, but I say, I'm going to put this in my bank account, and boom, digitally goes to my church, to Avenue Church. Why? Because I want first to be first. But what's interesting is, Look at my wife. And what's funny is Marlon jumped right out of his seat, ran all the way to the front to give his pastor $100. Right? Um, But the reason why he did it so willingly was because before service, I gave them this $100. And I said, Marlon, when I say, can I have $100, bring this up to me. But here's what's funny, he did it so willingly because he knew it wasn't his. Right? And it's still not yours. But this, this is from my bank account, not the church's account. This is my money. But I was praying and I said, Lord, I want to do this money illustration. Because everything that I have the shirt, the shoes, my house, my car belongs to the Lord. Does not belong to me. And I get, I get to manage God's money. Not, not avenue. I don't manage that. We have people. We have trustees. We have accountants. We have people that touch all that. I don't touch money. But this is the money you've given me through my paycheck, through outside income, through gifts, whatever comes to me, does not belong to me. And I was asking, I said, Lord, will you... Help me to give this $100 away today. And what's funny is, it's just your name popped up in my head. So I'm going to give you, uh, I don't know if you need it. I don't know what your circumstances, but I just want to give you uh, this $100 today. No questions asked. Love you, Andrew. All right? Because here's the main illustration. God wants to, tr- God wants to trust us to trust With his money. With his money. With his money. With his money. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven it could be like a man going on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted them his property. To one he gave five talents, and to another he gave two, and each according to his ability, then he went away. So five, two, and then one. And when it says ability, how many know you could sense someone's ability by how much you could trust them? Right? Like, oh, I know you. You live in your mother's basement. You can't pay rent, and you never have any money. I'm not giving you money. But you over here, you're an investor, you're a CEO. I'm going to give you money. I trust you. I trust in your ability. I trust in your ability. And then it continues on to say. Then he went away. So uh, he had received five talents, went at once, and traded and made five more. The one who made two went and traded, made two more. So five to ten, two to four, one. He said this. He he knew. He he knew his master was difficult, and so he hid his master's money. So the master comes back after a long, long time. And the master says this, Well done, good and faithful servant. You took five, and you made five more. That's amazing. You have been faithful with a little, so now I'm going to give you more. You've been faithful with a little, but now I'm going to give you more. What's interesting, there are going to be millionaires that attend a church that won't give their 10% because it will offset the church's budget. How many know it's not up to you, it's up to God? So, five duplicate it to five more, or two, the two duplicate it to two more. He says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little, I'll set you with over much. Enter into the joy of your master. But the last one said, He, he also received one talent and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. I knew you were difficult. I grew up in church. I know what it's like. I saw my parents go without. I have seen... He says, reaping we did not sow gather, he's not scattered, see, so I was afraid. And I went, I hid your talent in the ground. Now I want you to know talent isn't the skill that we have, the talent was was its weight in gold. And so when Jesus said one talent, they went, oh, I, one talent, that is 1.5 million dollars today. So he didn't just say take a penny and go do something with it, and he said, I'm gonna keep this penny. He said, I give, I'm giving you 1.5 million dollars. The, the $5 million guy came back with $10 million. $2 million came back with $4 million. The master didn't say, I like you better. I like the five more than the two. The master said to both of them, good job. I gave you a little bit. I'm like, 5000000 million? I'll give you a little bit. See how much more that i will give you. He said, so "Hit your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. But the master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You wicked and lazy servant. I Man, how what, you knew that i reap where I've not sown, gathered where I've not scattered seed. Then you ought to have invested my money in with bankers. At my coming, I should have—I should have received what was on my own with interest. God said, "You know what Jesus was saying? He's not talking about the the banking system. He wasn't talking about investing. God was saying, I could have done—I could have done more than what you did.'" And so he—so take—he so he took it from him, and he gave his one talent, and gave it to the guy who duplicated, had ten talents. Now he has eleven talents he says, Everyone who has more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. And cast a worthless servant to the outer darkness, in a place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I've seen two things here in the scripture. Some theologians say he's talking about hell. Some other theologians say, What's greater than hell is living on this planet, knowing that you did not fulfill your purpose. Is that greater than hell? But the moral of this story is, Jesus say saying, it's, 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 not, it's not using what God has entrusted us. It's failing to increase the kingdom. It is not whether I walk out of here with more money. It's not whether you walk out of here with more money. It's not whether I walk out of here with less money or you walk out of here with less money. It's all about, did we increase the kingdom of heaven today? Did we make a difference with what Jesus has given us. Mark chapter 10, verse 30. You will now receive in return a hundred times many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property along with persecution. But then he says this. With these, and, and, and in the world to come, that that person will have eternal life. Man, money's not my treasure. It's a tool so that other people can discover the King of Kings of the Lord of Lords. You know what the internal investment is? As we bicker and complain about percentages, 10%, 100%, give, not give, do this, I did this, check mark. I... But when we take a step outside of generosity, the internal investment isn't me, it's not you. The internal investment is people. It's people. That's the internal investment. So I'm way over my time. I want to give you a giving challenge. This is something we've never done before. But the first giving challenge today, I want you to increase your giving for 90 days. Increase your giving for 90 days. The only, the only thing you got to do is scan this QR code. It's going to take you to a registration page. I want you to fill that out. No other questions can be asked on there. Because at the end of 90 days, if you're saying, I have not seen an increase in my life, I have not seen God bless my finances these last 90 days, which will be at the end of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yeah. You can have your money back, no questions asked. No questions asked. And we can go, our accounting can go into the portal and just hit refund, 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 refund. We can refund everything. But I, I want to put, I want to test God in this. Yeah. See that He will not open up the wisdom of heaven and part of blessing of our life. Okay, and our accountant and trustees are probably sweating a little bit. That's fine. We, we, we believe God's word. But then number two, I want you to prepare for our legacy offering at the end of this month. It's a legacy offering, not our tithe, not a legacy tithe, but our legacy offering. To prepare for what God's going to do in our church, in our life. Be step with me, please. I'm going to pray over you today. And our host is going to come up in just a moment. We'll leave this QR code up here for a little bit, but it was funny. I know there's people in this room like, Pastor, I got you. I don't need to scan this. I'm good. I want you to register, and I want you to give 10% back to the local church, anything that you receive from God. My prayer is, my prayer isn't, uh, my prayer isn't we receive the biggest legacy offering in the history of the church. That's not my prayer. My prayer is for you to be blessed, because um, because blessings, man, they they overflow. And uh, I'm gonna pray with you, dear Heavenly Father. I thank you. I pray for every single person in this room today. And Father, I pray today give us a healthy relationship with money. Now, Father, forgive us. I know a lot of churches, a lot of pastors and preachers say, it seems like that's all they talk about, all they focus on. But Father, this place is all about the kingdom of heaven. Father, we move at the speed of generosity. The Father, help us to leave an impact in this city. But not just in this city, but help us leave an impact in our families, in our neighbors, in our community. But Father, I pray it may happen at home and may it ripple to the outside. Now, Father, I pray that this church is blessed. Father, we will, we will never be a church that is blessed with its people not blessed. We will be a church that is blessed because its people are blessed. And so, Father, I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus, open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing over their lives. Father, I pray that when we give that 10%, man, it might hurt, it might be painful. When we pray for a legacy offering, Father, and you give us an amount in our heart, and that amount will be challenging. That amount will be a test. Father, I pray we give cheerfully because we know the the real investment But I still love that worship song. The, the goodness, your goodness is running after me. With every head out of eye closed, goodness means generosity. His generosity has been chasing you down every single day. That while we're still sinners, He gave. While we're still sinners, He died on a cross. I'm always floored every single time we talk about money. Somebody gives their life to Jesus. And that's just the Holy Spirit. With every head of eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give him my heart. I want to be a Christ follower. Maybe you've been serving another master, but today's today. you serve Jesus as your master, as your Lord, as your Savior. If that's you, I just want to pray with you today. The way we do it here is we all lift our voice, we all say a prayer. But if that's your prayer today, Why don't you just raise a hand, keep it up just for a moment. Anyone else? One, two, anyone else? Talk about money today. Three, people are getting saved. Four, anyone else? Four, four hands. Anyone else? Come on. Come on. Let's pray a prayer together, all right? Everyone say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for my sins. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you because I no no who I am I'm saved I'm redeemed I'm a child of God